Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Thursday morning, undefeated Thursday. We're going to keep saying that until the Eagles lose a game. So if we say it all year long, that'll be a good thing. You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. Johnny Mac, I don't know about you. Were you out with the dog before the show started? Yeah, always, Jody. Always got to get that done. You and I both have to get the little ladies in our house out to do their business before the show starts. And although the show is called Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that's a misnomer because I had not seen the sun for four yeah. friggin' days here in the Delaware Valley. And uh, we really can't complain with the hurricane coming up the East Coast. It just dropped a whole bunch of rain, not as much uh, destruction as in other areas. But I didn't know if the sun still existed. Sure enough, the sun was out this morning when I got my dog out. Sun is shining on the Delaware Valley because you got the Eagles at 4 0, the Phillies in the playoffs tomorrow. All is well with the world, except for the Eagles have a couple injury issues. And Johnny Mac, we'd rather not talk about it. And there have been weeks where we haven't really had to talk about it because the Eagles been damn healthy. This week, not as much. Guys dropping during the game, after the game. Um, we knew that we were going to get a projected injury report because it was only a walkthrough Wednesday. What are you seeing as far as Eagles injuries going forward to Sunday against the Cardinals? Uh, kind of what I thought, and I mentioned on the show uh, yesterday. I mean, the the guy I wasn't concerned about at all was Darius Slay, uh, and that seems to have borne out. He actually was estimated as a full practice, uh, and and again, as you mentioned, it's a walkthrough, so it's it was only an estimation. So that turned out to be true. The good news. 
I saw Isaac Sayamalo in the locker room. Uh, it was kind of funny. Just, you know, gave a quick, how you feeling? And he said, what did Nick say? <laughs> did, he, uh, <laughs> did he really? And then he, yeah. And then he left. Isaac's, uh, Isaac's funny. But, uh, yeah, so he was limited. I think he's going to be, he looked pretty good. Um, that The one positive, Jake Elliott was in the locker room. Uh, having a little bit of lunch and he looked fine, but he did not practice. So I think there's more of a concern with him, but you know, everybody's being clandestine. I'm still concerned about him because, you know, Cameron Dicker wouldn't be here if they didn't have a concern uh, and the potential that he would not be able to kick in this game, which ironically, same thing's going on in Arizona, right. their kicker. Uh, Matt Prater's really good kicker. Uh, really good long distance kicker, and they're going to have to go with your old buddy Amendola from the Jets. Uh, not, not only my old buddy, he's old buddies of about what seven or eight. Yeah, about teams? seven. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it's one of the more uh, powerful kickers. I'll give him that. As far as the weight room goes, he's jacked for a kicker. Um, but so both teams are dealing with that. And then, you know, uh, Avante Maddox did not practice. That's not good news. Jordan Mailata is the one. And and Jordan wasn't in the locker room, so that's a concern. Um, Andre Dillard, they started the 21-day practice window. Um, so they have three weeks to make a decision on him. Um, you know, Nick was very cautious, and he said, you know, he's got to work his way back in football shape. But if he shows enough, you know, they can activate him at any time. So they can activate him Saturday, start him on Sunday. Otherwise, it's probably going to be Jack Driscoll. The most unlikely scenario left tackle, I think, is going to be Jordan Mailata. I think he's going to miss uh, at least one game, and we'll see from there. But the good news is none of them seem really, really long-term injuries. So that's the good part of it. John, I asked you yesterday, because you're down there all the time, about uh, Andre Dillard, and you said, well, he's out there. He's uh, not practicing, but we do see him all the time, and he's there, and he's part of it, and the cast is off and whatever else. Um, you, you certainly noted that he isn't, like, away from the team so that you guys were at least able to see him and know that the rehabilitation slash recuperating was going at the pace that it was supposed to go. But uh, at least for me, a little bit of a surprise that they activated him for practice. Knew it was as per the rules possible, because when you're on EIR, you got to miss the minimum of four games. And Eagles have played the four games. Um, can they actually expect them to be up to speed with just a handful of practices? And today's, yesterday's walk through Wednesday, uh, would, would that be not throwing them into the deep end of the pool to think he can be up to speed and start on Sunday against the Cardinals? Yeah, no, I mean, he's a veteran. He knows the offense. It's not, uh, but but Nick mentioned, yeah, you got to get back in football shape, so to speak. And, you know, I don't know how you do that <laughs> as you play football, especially in today's world when it's, you know, full speed through the walkthrough, Jody. I mean, that's not. Wow. Full um, speed walkthrough. That's really yeah. putting your players to the test. I, I don't know, um, you know, how that's going to make them more ready. Um you know, they said four to six weeks and, you know, he's not on the roster. He's designated to return. So that's what happens when you you open that 21-day practice window. So you have three weeks. So if you think about it from that perspective, it's right in the, right in the realm of, of, of that even that six-week 
um, the longer time frame. So um, it might be they're just getting them ready for two weeks. It might be, hey, hey, we need them this week. And, and we'll probably get a better indication. We'll get to see him practice a little bit and, and see where Andre is as far as where he's taking reps and, and, and if they're trying to get him ready. Um, you know, Jack Driscoll did a nice job. Um, first time, this would be his first start ever at left tackle if he is to start this game. And it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult task. He's a right-handed player, so to speak. He's used to playing right guard, right tackle. Um, I think the weather helped him because the passing game wasn't as important in, in the terrible weather last week. And obviously that's not going to be the case this week. Um, so maybe they want Andre out there, but we'll, we'll just have to see. I I would say this, and this is just my observation watching the game on my TV, not the uh, game film breakdown that the Eagles do. And uh, certainly they know the player better than I did. If he had, uh, been called on to do what he did the way that Sue Opetta was. Second half, X amount of snaps, uh, never played the position before. I'd be worried about yeah, we didn't get to see enough of him. Uh, he, yeah, he got through it, but he, he was in there early. The Mylotta pick yeah. was uh, when he went uh, for the tackle down the sideline. That's early first quarter. Yeah, so you got like to seven. see an, almost an entire game of Driscoll playing on the left-hand side. I thought he did a damn good job. Yeah, I did as well, but it was all going straight ahead. We know he can do that. Uh, that what, what we don't know if he can pass protect at left tackle. Um well, the Eagles I, threw, threw some passes over the last yeah, three quarters, but it wasn't but like they ran miles forty-seven straight times. It wasn't. It wasn't that type of game. They ran it. They ran downhill. They they went. They skewed. And and Shane Steichen admitted, yeah, I mean, because of the weather, because of some of the issues, they they changed up a little bit, and they should have, and they deserve credit for that. And same with Sua, by the way. If Sua has to play, and I think that's less likely because I, I think Isaac's going to be able to play. You know, he's a good run blocker, and, and Jack's a good run blocker. They they struggle more in pass protection. And, you know, the, the opponent helps as well. Arizona's not exactly uh, beating up the world um, right now. Uh, and, and, you know, I think, I want it, you know, I'm almost like teetering. Look, I don't expect the Eagles, my first hater comment of, 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 of the day, Jody. I don't expect the Eagles to be the 72 Dolphins. So I think they're going to lose at some point. Um, and I keep looking, all right, where's the loss? We talked about it. They're not going to be, they're not going to be, uh, 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 they are going to be favorites for, perpetuity it looks like um so you gotta figure they're going to have a hiccup somewhere and to me this would be the perfect situation they never win in arizona you have the long trip dallas is next week i and you know that it weighs on people's minds the the so-called trap game but this arizona team stinks Joey. <laughs> they stink um so I'm they're, they're I'm two and they're two and two, right? Yeah, they okay. are two and two, but it's one of those things. It's like the Giants are three and one; they stink too. Um, 
And I and I was looking, you know, we talk about we we probably talk. I'm talking too much pro football focus this week. And sure enough, I looked at the overall rankings, which the Eagles are number one uh, and should be uh, number 30, Arizona Cardinals. Number 31, those three and one New York Giants. Number 32, which I also agree with, Chicago Bears. They're a disaster. Um, that's just the film work of how the team is playing. Now, the, the league is they they sent out a release last week, this week actually. How many games are one score games in the fourth quarter? That's all they care about. Everything's one score game in the fourth quarter. So you could play like you know what, and all, all these teams are you know good teams. I'm not. They have good players. I say it all the time. They're NFL teams. You know. We talked about it last year in the playoffs with San Francisco and Green Bay. Green Bay completely outplayed San Francisco, but San Francisco won the game at the end on a special teams play. Uh, and, and Green Bay didn't take advantage of their situation. Happens all the time in this league, Jody. So they won a couple games, but they stink. They're not doing anything well. And, and we'll talk about that today with Harold Balls. I'll try to get, you know, what are they doing well? I, I can't tell you what they're doing well. Uh, delving into this team over the past day or so. So I want to pick them to lose this game. I don't know if I can pick them to lose this game because of the spot I want to pick them to lose this game. But this this Arizona team is struggling. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as down on Arizona as you are. And they've got something that the Eagles absolutely have not faced yet, and that's a quarterback who can make plays with his legs. Um, Carson Wentz, when he was young and an eagle, could make plays with his legs anymore. How much of a statue did he look like when he played against the Eagles? Yeah, yeah. we're not going to see, but you know, this has been a year of reunions. Uh, every week is a reunion. This week is Zach Ertz week. Next week is Jason Peters week. Now it keeps going and going and going. I don't think we're going to see Carson Wentz come back to Lincoln Financial Field. Well, we'll see him. But I don't think he'll be the starting quarterback. Might not be That's the starter. That's how bad he's been. Agreed. And the first two weeks with Goff and Cousins, talk about uh, pocket quarterbacks. They are uh, the uh, de- true definition of pop- pocket quarterbacks. And Trevor Lawrence is a guy who I thought was athletic enough to get outside the pocket, maybe make a play. He looked anything but when he was getting the ball slapped <laughs> out of his hand every yeah. time he dropped back. Maybe he's one of those guys who can't play on a wet field. I don't know. But the Eagles haven't come close to playing a quarterback who, when pushed out of the pocket and on the second level, given a chance to make a play, either throwing it or running it, Kyler Murray's one of the best in the NFL. And even though they're two and two and you say they stink, he doesn't. He has capabilities and playmaking uh, abilities that the Eagles haven't seen at the quarterback position. Now, they may be very good at defending it. We don't know. It's all speculation because they haven't come close to playing someone who brings that to the field on a given Sunday. I'm very interested and intrigued to see how the Eagles handle it this week. Yeah, so am I. That's a big part of it. And certainly when I say the Cardinals stink, I'm not talking about Kyler Murray. He's a very talented player. I mentioned Matt Prater. Even, you know, Matt's a guy who'll bang a 60-yarder through to beat you late, and even he's not going to be there um, from from all indications. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at where this team was, where'd they start last year? Nine and one, Jody? 
Oh, uh, they would last undefeated team. Yeah. Um, boy, they don't look anything like that team. I, I, I will say that when we all thought, hey, maybe, maybe this team can do some things, and they kind of fell apart late. But um, they don't look anything close to that team. And, yeah, and but- you know, maybe it's as simple as DeAndre Hopkins offensively, because you know, when people say, "Well, what can one player?" Well, look at AJ Brown. <laughs> look at what he's done for the Eagles. Maybe it's as simple as that. But guess what? He's not going to be there. Right. Still got, That's- you know, he's not going to be there. I- that when the Eagles schedule came out, there were a couple of things baked into the schedule that were advantageous for the Eagles. One of which was you get Arizona in week number five and DeAndre Hopkins has a five-week suspension. So you would not be forced to face him. Uh, and Hollywood Brown, the guy that they went out to basically replace Hopkins as the number one guy for the first five weeks of the season before he'd come back, didn't practice yesterday. So the, the, we'll, we'll go over the entire cardinals health when we get howard balls are up he's going to join us a little bit later but coming up next we'll be joined by one of our favorite locals he does work for us here at jacobsports.com you can also read him at the 33rd team eagle beat writer forever and hall of fame selector we've got two hall of fame selectors on the show today Howard Balzer is the Arizona guy. He's been one for years because he's been one of the top National Football League writers for the last, oh, three decades. And uh, still with the Philly vote, uh, Paul Domwich going to be good enough to jump aboard. He'll be joining us next right here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just 
disappears. Edition of Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen. Uh, joining us now, and because he doesn't work in uh, in front of the ocean like uh, John and I do, aka your green screen, he can wear a green shirt and look good doing so. Paul yeah. Donwich, how the heck are you? Every day's a luau, Joey. The green <laughs> is removed from our wardrobe, Tomo. Not that. Uh... I would oh, yeah. go with a lot of green in general, but uh, <laughs> all there is is green. Green space in front of your Philadelphia Eagles. But there's one guy I know, there's one guy I know who won't put them number one atop his power rankings. What's that? <laughs> oh, no, there's more than one. We went I to know. Johnny Mac. I know. There's, it's, there's for a, there's a effect. Bunch. it's for a fact, Jody. Come on. Let well, you got to show me a little bit more. You know, they got to, I mean, the Bills, uh, I had the Rams to be uh, even after they they lost the first game uh, up there. Uh, you know the Bills are the Bills. You got to show me that you're better than the Bills, and I don't think that's happened yet because they haven't How really played. They show you though. How can they show you? Except because I keep looking for losses, Domo. Logical because yeah. I don't think they're going to be the seventy-two Dolphins. I said I I don't <laughs> think they're going undefeated, but they're going to be favored. You know, I can't, unless injuries start to pile up and something crazy happens. Yeah. Um, this is a week I would think, all right, this is a logical loss. Dallas coming up, got to go cross country, but Arizona's not playing well. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm like, they're just going to out talent this team. They, this is a good football team. So what can they do to prove it to people that, they belong in the conversation with the bills of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they're already in that conversation, uh, but I think these next two weeks will prove a lot to people, um, especially Dallas. I mean, going against that defense, if this offense can be as productive as it's been against, uh, you know, against those guys in two weeks, but I mean, you know, they can't overlook Arizona. I mean, you're right They're They're not a great team, but I mean, Kyler Murray is difficult to deal with. They've got a decent defense. They've got a decent offensive line. They just don't have skill position people that that uh, Murray seems to trust. I mean, you'll be getting DeAndre Hopkins back in a couple of weeks, and maybe that that'll change things. Sorry about that. Uh, but right now, you know, I mean, you go out there a road trip like that when you're four and zero, you certainly can slip up, especially when you've got some injuries. So this isn't a gimme. Damo, I said this yesterday, repeated it just last segment. The thing that scares me about this week is Kyler Murray and not just Kyler Murray, the overall player, but the way Kyler Murray plays. The fact that he is a whirling dervish back there and uh, breaks containment and gets on the outside and can absolutely move his feet up and down the field. 
the Eagles haven't played anyone near this, not even close. They basically played four uh, statue quarterbacks so far. They might be great at it. They might be terrible at playing against a guy like that. Give us an optimistic bent. Tell us why, yeah, they haven't faced a player like him, but here's why they can stop a guy like Kyler Murray. What about the Eagle defense would give you that belief? Well, because I think they have faced a quarterback like this a lot uh, in practice. <laughs> I mean, he's not uh, – Jalen Hurts doesn't – We're talking practice. I don't want to do my, my, my Allen Iverson here, but Eagles practice, really? <laughs> Jalen Hurts is not doesn't have the – I mean, there are different types of quarterbacks as far as the style. I mean, Kyler Murray's uh, more of an elusive guy. Jalen's more of a fullback. But they're both running quarterbacks, and uh, so they're used to dealing with them. Uh, and I think that'll help them uh, prepare this week for Kyler. Well, you mentioned uh, Damo. I agree with you. I think that DeAndre Hopkins' uh, suspension really affected them. And I, yeah. I look at AJ Brown and what he's done for Philadelphia. You like Hollywood Brown? He's not a number one, but as a number two, he'll, he'll create some issues when so. That puzzle piece will really help Arizona when DeAndre gets back, but the Eagles don't have to worry about that right now. You mentioned that offensive line. Their injury list is longer than the Eagles' injury list, and and, yeah. and Rodney Hudson didn't practice, and Max Garcia didn't practice, and D.J. Humphreys was limited. I mean, they're really banged up, uh, and, and, and if that's the strength of their team, they're signing centers off the street and – practice squad um they had to sign a kicker matt prater looks like he's they're in the same situation as the eagles um they have maybe even worse injury issues so other than kyler um shouldn't they just out talent this team they should yeah i mean you just mentioned that laundry list of injuries in the offensive line going up against a what is now the number one uh, pass rush in the uh, NFL. I mean, a team that last year gave, uh, had the fewest sacks in, in French, you know, since they started keeping the stat in 1982, 29, already has, uh, what, 12, 10? I forget what the number is, but it's first 16, in the league. I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, 16, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be – that's. but they've, they've also got to be – It'll be interesting, you know, we talked a little bit ago about how you approach Kyler Murray. Well, you know, you can't be reckless in your pass rush against him. You almost have to use kind of a mush rush uh, to keep him in front of you, to keep him from getting outside, because that's where he does most of his damage. So it'll be interesting to see how Jonathan Gannon approaches that this week. Damo, it's a fine line, and sometimes it's almost imperceptible uh, to define it. The difference between confident and cocky. The Eagles are confident right now. They should be. They're 4-0, and and they've won. They haven't had to really sweat in the final five minutes of any game that they've played. Um, if you want to say, yeah, they could have given it up against Detroit. No, they didn't. They controlled the game with the last four-minute drive and put it away uh, relatively easily. But then there's cocky. And I, I haven't seen cocky yet from the Eagles in any of their quotes and the way the players are handling themselves. The, the, the team is, uh, didn't get off to this kind of start last year, so we don't know how Nick Sirianni's coaching staff goes about handling the team playing as well as it is. It may be a little overconfidence. Should that be of concern to Eagle fans that this team could get cocky? 
I don't think so, Jody. Uh, I mean, I think both Sirianni and uh, his quarterback uh, are pretty good at keeping this team uh, on a level, uh, you know, focused and, and not getting too cocky. I mean, all you got to do is look at I mean, right now they, they, they're the, you know, they're a phenomenal second quarter team. But I mean, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm telling them, hey, we're not doing much in the other three quarters. Uh, so we got a lot of room for improvement here. Uh, you know, so I don't think this will be a, at least not at this stage four and I don't see it being a cocky team. I see it being a confident team. You know, I keep hearing about this nebulous standard down there, Damo. And you mentioned, yeah, the second quarter has been unbelievable. Not much uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere, but I mean, they, they, you know, there's that offensive stat that their first team since 1970, I think, four and zero with 400 offensive yards. You know, how much better can it get defensively? Uh, our buddy John Gano gave this stat out yesterday. The, you mentioned the sacks, number one, 16, number one in takeaways, 10, number one in three and outs, 21. Uh, second time in the last 52 years that the Eagles, remember, the Eagles, a uh, Buddy Ryan, uh, Bud Carson, upset Joyner, blitz, blitz, blitz. First time the Eagles have recorded 16 sacks and 10 takeaways. Um, how how much better can this get when they say, "Oh, we got to do this, we got to do this better"? Well, I mean, you can always find things, John, and, and and some obvious things. I mean, last two games they haven't been a very good third down team. It's been overshadowed by the fact that they've been a very good fourth down fourth team. Down. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the last two games they've converted just nine to thirty third downs. I mean, that's not good. That's you know, that's that's not a four and team. Uh, but like I said, the, the you know, the fourth down uh, success has overshadowed that they haven't been, you know, they haven't been great in the red zone. I mean, they've, they've been mostly productive running the ball in the red zone. Jalen, over the course of, I believe, the number I have over his last 10 starts dating back to last season only has six or uh, tw- last 12 starts has six red zone touchdown passes. Now, a lot of that's because they don't throw down there anymore. They run it in. Uh, so it's, it's kind of skewed, but still, you know, at some point somebody's going to stop them and they need to be able to run the ball down there. He needs to have guys he can count on down there. Uh, so those are just two, you know, and, and those were two areas that I felt going into the season that Jalen had to make dramatic improvement in the red zone and uh, third down. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm nitpicking right now, but you asked me to, so there you go. <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah, real quick, real quick follow up. Sorry, Jody. No um, but because they gave this explanation on fourth down, I want to, I, I want fact or crap from Paul Domowitz. Basically, do you believe it or not believe it? And a lot of times they say, "Oh, we're in plus territory if it's third and five, You know try to get the third and one. We know we're going for it. So, you know, we try to pick up a couple yards and then it makes it easier on fourth down. You buying that or Eagles just playing that up? You know what? I mean, because I, if, if this were last year's defense, I, I would have, I would have Nick committed if he showed this kind of uh, brazenness on fourth down, but, <laughs> but they're not. I mean, I think he feels right now that, you know, they could do it from their own 30 and they'd still keep them to a field goal. So I'm okay with it. 
you know, I heard people last week uh, criticizing him for the decision not to kick the field goal uh, when they were up eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was okay I was one that. of those people. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 was okay. I mean, I guess because I've seen too many blocked field goals uh, that I was that was my biggest concern. So I had no problem with even if even if Jalen didn't make it, which he didn't. Uh, your defense isn't going to let them, you know, drive down the field. So I was okay with that. But yeah, I mean, so you know, as far as I'm concerned, unless he does it like from his own one, um, and he probably will at some point, I'm okay with it. All right, uh, Damo. Last year, the Cardinals lost their last five home games during the regular season, and they've lost their first two this year. I'm not uh, going to put much weight on on what happened at the end of last year because new team, a uh, bunch of changes for the Cardinals, same exact as the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They've lost their two home games this year. They've won their two road games. Is it more home and road, or is it more the fact that they played the Chiefs and the Rams at home and they played beatable teams on the road? And guess what? They lost to the Chiefs and the Rams, but they beat the beatable teams on the road. Isn't it level of opposition much more than location with uh, the Cardinals? It probably is, uh, Jody. Uh, but as you know, as, as someone who's like John has has made many visits to uh, to Cardinals games in Arizona. I mean, most of their fans you have to check for a pulse. Uh, so <laughs> there, there's not really a home crowd advantage that they're getting there. Yeah. Uh, there'll probably be more Eagles fans in Phoenix this week than uh, uh, than Cardinal fans out there. So uh, that probably plays into it, but it's more the caliber of competition as far as the numbers this year. Yeah. And, you know, I look at the Cardinals and uh, they were the last unbeaten team last year and things have kind of come off the rails. Um, Boy. If you think about nine and one uh, and you think about where they are now, um, they don't strike me as a contender. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on them. Um, what, what is it just people figuring out Cliff Kingsbury, people figuring out Kyler Murray? Why do you think they've sort of regressed to the mean? Well, I mean, you could start with Kingsbury, John. I I mean, I don't, I I thought he was a great tactician in college. I mean, that air raid offense, which he inherited from, uh, uh, his name escapes me. The guy that is now in the SEC coaching, um, yeah, that he uh, played, played. I know exactly. It's escaping me. Jody, help and, us. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that offense was, you know, it was successful in college, and it could be successful in the pros. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody has a version of it now. But I don't think he's a terrific coach, uh, per se, overall, as far as dealing with a team. I mean, never, even at Texas Tech, he wasn't a winning coach. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's part of it. Uh you know, I mean, they're in the NFC West, which is not where you want to be. Uh, if you're, you know, I think if they were in the NFC South, we'd probably have a higher opinion of them right now. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yes, yeah, so, Mike Leach, uh, you know, by the way, Mike Leach. Mike Leach. Uh, is right. yeah. You know, Kyler Murray, I just don't understand. I mean, I thought he was going to be a, a terrific quarterback. I mean, he, like we talked about earlier, he seems to be lost without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you've got Zach Ertz. Now, Zach's at the tail end of his career, granted, but why aren't you leaning on him? You know, why aren't you throwing a lot to James Conner? I mean, these are obvious things they should be doing that they're not. Uh, Instead, he's running around like a a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah. Just, you know, so, you know, you're right. I I mean, I don't think, you know, last year I thought they were one of the best teams in football when they were nine and one. 
you know, now, you know, they're not a playoff team. Probably not, but if they beat the Eagles this week, they'll start talking like uh, they're a playoff team. So we've got to wait till after this week's game. Uh, Damo, a lot has uh, been made. Johnny just mentioned it here with us that the Eagles are the best plus minus team in the National Football League, a plus eight. Gotten a bunch of turnovers this year. Compared to last year, they're on a pace to just blow away what was a disappointing number for the overall turnovers for the year. I know that Gannon was asked about it the other day. Can you really coach that? Can you can you actually say with a straight for well, we, we coach them up to be a team that's a great get the turn? Or is that happenstance that on any given year things can go your way, bouncing could go your way? Uh, I think they've upgraded the defense some personnel-wise, but can you really expect to be able to continue to get as many turnovers as Eagles have gotten in their first four games? Well, I don't think you can expect it. I mean, but last year, you know, they made a big deal about takeaways being a, a cornerstone to to Jonathan's yeah. offense or defense. The hits philosophy. That's the right. Hits the hit. I could yeah. not remember the word. Uh, and, and they were awful. I mean, they, they did not get any, uh, you know, I mean, the difference this year, I think, is the pass rush. Uh, they were helped this week by the fact that Trevor Lawrence can't hold on to a ball in, in the rain. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, Hassan Reddick uh, is a terrific strip sack artist. Um, you know, they're putting pressure on quarterbacks. That's where most of your fumbles come from. Uh, and that pressure also is resulting now in, in, in badly bad decisions and badly thrown passes, which is helping your secondary that, that interception last week by Bradbury was a, a thing of beauty. I mean, yeah, he baited him. He baited yeah, him. Not only that, but as Nick pointed out, he looked like a wide receiver making the interception. In the rain, he dives, he, he catches it, and then he, he, he has the, the, no, the wherewithal to, and know it, to, to, to turn his body so that the ball doesn't hit the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bradbury's been a, a huge pickup. I didn't think he'd be this big a di- make this big a difference. Uh, yeah, you know, I got to credit Howie. I hate to say it, uh, but the man, the man is, I mean, right good now, yeah. it seems to be a slam dunk for the executive of the year if this team continues on this pace. Yeah. He had a very good offseason. I think there is something, and I asked JG about that this week, and that there are guys who have a knack, and you mentioned Hassan Reddick, for taking the football away. He's a strip yeah. side. He's led the NFL over – a three-year period or is tied for the lead. James Bradbury is a a great zone corner. He can bait quarterbacks into throwing the football. There's a knack. If you think about I, I I've been talking about that this week, Damo. You know, everybody talks about AJ Brown and they're right. The difference he's made for this offense, sort of the dominoes fall into place. Well, think about Hassan Reddick on the defense. Last year that was Gennard Avery. That yeah. might be a bigger upgrade or, or at that position. Or 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 what? Or Derek Barnett. No, they're <laughs> playing different positions. He's playing Gennard Avery's position. Uh Josh Schwett's playing Derek Barnett. You know, as as that overhang player, uh, that is a huge upgrade. I mean, and 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 you go from a guy who's not giving you anything. To a yeah. guy who leads the NFL in in, in strip sacks, that's and, that's. And let's not forget. I mean, a, a big difference here is you know Jonathan Gannon, who was who was incinerated last year for not blitzing, uh, 
is blitzing a lot this year. Not a lot per se by the standards of a, you know, some guys in the defensive coordinators in the league, but he's blitzing about a quarter, 25% of the pass plays, which is uh, quite a difference from last year. And he's already, you know, three of their interceptions have come on, on blitzes. Uh, you know, some of those strip sacks have come on blitzes. So, you know, that's been another change besides the additions in personnel with Reddick and Bradbury that we're seeing this year in this defense. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing you mentioned about Kyler, and this is interesting, the mush rush. Why does mm-hmm. nobody try that against Jalen Hurts? Like if I'm, if I'm a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and I go, what am I going to take away from the Eagles? That's a difficult, difficult question right now. You know, if yeah. you try to take AJ, Devontae's going to kill you. If you try to take both of them away, the, the Dallas Goddard's going to kill you in the middle. They can run the football 200 yards against the number one ranked run defense. Um, I would still lean towards keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket or flushing him left and making him beat me. Why don't more people try to do that? Uh, you want me to posit a theory? And then, Damo, please do so as well. It's Eagles offensive line. They're so good positionally and strength-wise that if you go mush rush, you're not going to get anywhere. Hurts is going to be able to stand back there and take his four, four and a half, five seconds, and he's going to—he's an improved accuracy passer. He's just going to pick you apart. There are some teams that I think the mush rush would work great against, but you have to do so against a specific type of offensive line. I think the Eagles would live to, for a team to try and mush rush them. I think they'd just stand everybody up at the point of attack and go, Pick and choose whatever you want, Jalen. Well, here's a here's a thought, uh, and you saw last week when Arizona played Carolina. I think Mayfield Baker Mayfield had like five passes batted down. Now Mayfield yeah. has Mayfield led the league last year in, in batted passes. He doesn't seem to be able to find passing lanes, and he's not very big. But neither is Jalen Hurts, which is another benefit of a of a mush rush is you're you're keeping your lineman in front of him, and they can they can keep their eyes on where he's throwing and get their hands up when he throws, uh, you know, Jalen was second, had the second most batted passes in the league last year, uh, still has, a, you know, a couple every game batted down. So that's another reason to keep him in the pocket and go, you know, and sacrifice maybe a little bit of time getting to him. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be, I, I, if I were a defense, I would certainly consider that and, but mix in some, some, some things that would confuse him. Yeah, and J.J. Watt, by the way, this week. Well, hopefully J.J.'s okay, but he, he came back, yeah. and nobody's yeah. better at batting the football down than yeah, J.J. Yeah, at Watt. least he had two of them, I think, two or three uh, yeah. against Mayfield. Yeah. He's yeah. just that good. You're right. Um, one other guy on the Cardinal roster that I have to at least uh, tip my cap to and say you got to give him respect before the game ever uh, starts is Buda Baker. I think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL and has been for years, at least from when I've been able to see the Cardinals, and I'm not breaking down Cardinal film every single week, he makes plays both against the run and against the pass. That's why he's one of the best safeties, because he's got the ability to contribute how uh, most safeties do in both sides of the game. How do you think the Cardinals will most need him against the Eagles, coming up and being that extra guy in the box or in coverage against a guy like Dallas Goddard? I'll mix it up. I mean, it kind of depends on what the Eagles, you know, game plan is going to be. 
I don't think they're going to run the ball 50 times against Arizona. I think they're going to try to throw the ball more now that, you know, the weather's going to be decent at, well, it's going to be in, in a dome. So of course the weather's going to be decent. Um, you know, he's, a, he's smart. He anticipates. So I would think they're going to use him a lot as, as a back a little bit, uh, you know, trying to, trying to force some turnovers. Um, you know, the guy, the guy on that defense that, I don't want to say disappointed, but that I thought was going to be an impact player in this league, and it really hasn't happened. No, it's Isaiah Isaiah Simmons. Oh, uh, I we, thought you were talking to Eagles. Yeah, I Isaiah Simmons. About him yesterday. Yep. Yeah, we talked about him yesterday. I he can, here's my thing. Here, here's my maker. thing. I mentioned Damo yesterday. I these these hybrid guys. You have to have a coach that takes advantage of them. If you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at Hassan Reddick in Arizona. They tried to make him an off-ball linebacker. Yeah. Didn't work. Um, I look at Micah Parsons in Dallas, and they were, they were trying to make him. But people forget they were trying to make him an off-ball linebacker because he's too small. He's not long enough to rush the passer, have that work out. Then they had injuries to Gregory and Lawrence, and they couldn't get to the quarterback. And they said, well, let's try Parsons. We, we got to get something. And all of a sudden, they locked into it. Um, Simmons, to me, is that type of guy. He's tremendously athletic, but yeah. you're trying to make him into something he's not. It drives me nuts with these coaches. Yeah, yeah but John, let me ask you a question. Which of those two Cowboys defensive ends would you have replaced with uh, a rookie uh, linebacker to play defensive end to start last No, season? I wouldn't have either. But, I, hey, I said on this show, Jody, I thought well, he was an edge It's rusher. not really lucking into it, is it? It is locking into it because they were trying to make him an off-ball linebacker. And if what, I can what, what see, what would you have started him at? It's Russell because I said it on this show, and I compared him to Aaron Donald, and I said people said the same thing about Aaron Donald, different position, yeah. but they said he was too small. Oh, he can't be in the three. And I said he was the best player in that draft. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but because I often say, hey, I also thought Ryan Leaf was going to be better than Peyton Manning. So I admit when I get it wrong, and but I, when I get it right, and I saw Micah Parsons, and I said, this guy an ed- is an edge rusher, but he's 6'1", and he doesn't have long arms. And it, well, he can't be an edge rusher. Well, when you're that good, there are certain guys that break the mold. He breaks the mold. Yeah. And some of these guys, Hassan Reddick to a lesser degree is, a, is another example of that because he's not that good. But th- th- he was a terrible off-ball linebacker in Arizona. Then they finally say it's the last year. Let's try him at edge rusher. And bang. I I don't <laughs> understand these teams I, at yeah, times. I mean, NFL people need to get over the, the, the obsession with size and measurements. I mean, you don't need to be big to be a terrific edge rusher anymore. Uh, you, you need to be quick. Uh, and, yeah, you watched what he did to that poor right tackle from Jacksonville last week. I mean, yeah, what he probably was giving away God knows how many pounds and inches, but uh, it didn't matter. I mean, he just went right around him, used, used both hands, spun, you know, to get around him and, uh, and, and was in Lawrence's lap. So, um, yeah, it's. That NFL works both ways. If it's, you know, maybe if it's later in the season and people are trying to run the ball, I brought that up and I said, well, yeah. you have Reddick out there. You have Kaiser White. You have Chauncey Gardner Johnson. What if somebody can get, what if Derrick Henry comes in and it's one of those Derrick Henry 200 yard games and you're like, oof, they're just, 
he's just taking those guys for a ride. So it works both ways, but nobody seems to care about the, the running game until they need it in the NFL. No, and they're going to have Jordan Davis in the middle. So uh, that's yeah, that going to be – as, as the more snaps he gets as the season goes along, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't worry one bit about the run uh, going forward as far as he's on that team and healthy. All right, Damo, I'm going to uh, make a, a bit of a prediction here. The winner of this game between the Cardinals and the Eagles will be the team that is better at two-point conversions. Because if both of them come into the game with questionable <laughs> kicker status, now they both signed kickers this week to their practice squad, and they're probably going to kick even if their regular kicker's out. Last week, the Cardinals didn't have a backup kicker, so they had uh, Eno Benjamin, their running back, kicking off, and they went for two every single time they scored a touchdown. I don't know if the Eagles will be up to confidence level with Dicker the kicker by the time we get to Sunday. Which team do you think is the better two-point conversion team? Uh, I'd put my money on the Eagles uh, because of the fact that they could pound it in. Yeah. they, they, they And Jalen Hurts is, you know, he's better equipped. Collar's yeah. more athletic, but he's better equipped from the two-yard line because he can power it in. He can uh, out-athletic you and get it in that way. So Jalen Hurts is sort of the ultimate plus one. You know, that, this, kind of, this kind of goes into the two-point thing. I did a story for the 33rd team last week on, you know, just how the under center snap has become kind of a, is becoming kind of a dinosaur. And one of the most amazing things is watching teams use shotgun when they're down by the goal line, ah. including, including the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got the best offensive line in the league. Why would you not – put your quarterback under center every time you're within two yards of the goal line. You know, I don't have a problem with it, Tombo, if I have Jalen Hurts. If I have a normal quarterback, I have a big problem with it. I have a big problem with it. So I think it's, you know, yeah, teams that are are fourth and one. You know, quarterback sneak. Uh, the, the One of the most frustrating things for me is fourth and one trying to run it wide at the goal line. Yeah. You're just giving the defense an opportunity. Eagles are a little bit different because they have such a unique quarterback. But a traditional offense, it, yeah, that that is a it's one of those head scratchers. Um, yeah. At yeah. P. Damo, uh, read them every Friday. JacobSports.com is famed stat package. The thirty third team, even though he's got the Eagles number two. Send your hate mail to Paul Domowitz, not me today. Um, I'll, I'll leave you with the one thing the Eagles can't do well. Special teams. And by the way, it's all special teams. They can't block yeah. for field goals. They get the kicker hurt, um, even though that's probably not their fault. Uh, Aaron Sipas is not punting it well. Britton Kobe's the nicest kid in the world, but he's got no explosion <laughs> as a returner. He's still better than Quez Watkins as a kick returner. They don't cover kicks particularly well. What, is this just not paying attention? When Dave Bipp was here and they had Chris Maragos and Brian Brayman, I say it all the time, they would they would focus on finding one or two really good special teams players. They don't yeah. seem to do that anymore, Damo. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know what the problem is there, but I, you know, it's not Britton Covey. I mean, he doesn't even have a chance when he's back there on returns. You know, so far this has kind of gone – 
it's not gone unnoticed because everybody's been talking about it, but it hasn't cost them yet. I mean, against Minnesota, their average drive start was the 17 yard line for God's sakes. And they it's managed unbelievable. to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and last, you know, last week it was good because of the fact that they had five, you know, they start their drive start was like the 42 yard line, mainly because of those five turnovers, not because of anything Aaron Sipus yeah. did or, or because of anything Britton Covey did. So, uh, it's an area they've got to improve at. I don't know, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not crazy about this special teams coach. Um, you know, Dave Fipp was one of the best in the league, still is. Um, you know, their their blocking schemes, they just don't seem to be terrific. Uh, I've got to believe you can give him more space, um, and they're not. So I don't know what's going on, but it's got, you know, it's going to have to be fixed some at some point this season. All right, Damo, last one for me is one of my faves, a hypothetical. Love hypothetical questions. Um, Eagles win against the Cardinals on Sunday. Could be by one, could be by 21, could be a squeaker, could be a laugher. The Cowboys win at the same time. Both are on the West Coast this week. Cowboys against the Rams in L.A. And Cooper Rush has a Cooper Rush game. Doesn't turn it over, goes for 200 and change, maybe a touchdown, certainly more touchdowns and picks. If he only has one touchdown, he'll have no picks because that's what Cooper Rush does. But the Cowboys win to get the four and one. The Eagles are five and oh. They meet the week after in Dallas. If Dak Prescott is cleared to play and is healthy enough to start, does he start or do we get? 5-0 lifetime, 4-0 this year. Cooper Rush is the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. Come on, Jody. No-brainer. No-brainer. Uh, It'll be a no-brainer for Jerry Jones, who's pulling the strings there, too. Dak Prescott will be in yeah. there in a, in a, in a split NFL second. NFL record. Nobody's uh, got a better winning percentage than Cooper Rush down there. All time. All time. <laughs> All time. 5-0. Come on. It's never been That's done. He can take that to the Hall of Fame with him. <laughs> where Paul Dama won't be uh, voting for him. Okay, You're going to pound the table. You're going to pound the table with that stat, Dama. I, uh, I I wholeheartedly agree with you, by the way, because I, I took some calls on my national show this week. Well, what happens if Rush wins next week against the Rams? First of all, good luck against the Rams, Dallas. And second of all, yeah, Dak, as soon as Dak is healthy, he's back in the starting lineup. We always appreciate it when he joins our lineup, Paul Domwich. You can read his stack package on jacobsports.com. Catch him on the 33rd team as well. And when we ask him to come on Birds 365, he comes up big for us. Domo, thanks, bud. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Paul Domwich here with us on Birds 365. All right, you got your Mac and that guys, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, as we mentioned, top of the show, in case you're just streaming on in. Two Hall of Fame voters today, selectors, they like to call themselves, and I should too, show them the proper respect that they've earned. Paul Donwich is still the Philly guy, comes in and supports the Philadelphia guys who are up for selection like a uh, Dick Vermeer last year. And Howard Balzer has been one of the best NFL writers for decades, um, does a show for Sirius XM called the Hall of Fame show that tells you how Howard's opinion on the Hall of Fame is that I guess we're going to have to ask him a Hall of Fame question until we get him on. But he also covers the Cardinals these days for PHNX.com. He's going to join us in no oh, about 20 some odd minutes from now. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back to break down birds and Cardinals more here on Birds 365. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jafti Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Mega Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you on Birds 365. The countdown to the Eagles' next game Sunday in Arizona against the Cardinals. The only 4-0 team left in the National Football League will try and stay undefeated on Sunday. So it's a Cardinal-Cardinal day if the Phillies get to a game three against the Cardinals. And when I say that, I mean if they don't sweep the Cardinals out in the first two games of the NL uh, wildcard round. Uh, it could be back-to-back Philadelphia Cardinal games on uh, Sunday. Uh, but we're focusing in on the football game, which is going to kick off a little bit after 4 o'clock. Johnny Mac, uh, you were on the Zoom call with Zach Ertz this week, right? Yes, yes. 
I, I saw it after the fact. Um, he said something that intrigued me. Maybe it was the way that he said it, because I certainly know about it. But he he had, seemed to handle it a little bit uh, differently than... Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course. Present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh! There it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, some of his former teammates and guys who are currently on the Eagles, that in film breakdown, that uh, the Eagles would oftentimes go back and review practice film that if your name, your number was up there on the screen when they were reviewing a practice uh, session, it was not a good thing because they were pointing out something that you had done incorrectly. And Zachert said, man, would that just annoy the snot? Would it just get under <laughs> my skin if I knew my number was being thrown up there? We know the Eagles are a big film work team, that they use a lot of film work to better themselves in part because they don't practice the way teams used to practice, but that's now common standard uh, practice in the National Football League. But I didn't know that they used practice film. I certainly knew game film was a major part of the Eagles preparing each and every single week. Uh, but the way Zach laid it out there, that there's a major emphasis on the practice film. Other guys feel that way in this team, guys that you've had a chance to talk to? And I know you've got more access this year than you did last year in Sirianni's first year. Uh, it just grabbed my attention the way that Zach talked about it, that, wow, this is a big part of what the Eagles do in getting themselves up to speed on a week-in, week-out basis. Did I just miss that? Do you, has that been day one Sirianni stuff, or is it something that uh, maybe Zach just took to heart more than some other guys did? Um. Yeah, that's day one Sirianni stuff. He's talked about it before that he puts the player's number up there. Nick has talked about it. Um, yeah, that always, I, I will say, I mean, from the film work session, yeah, I mean, that's always, that's a big part of what the Eagles do. And you know, they're looking at the practice film and, and just as much as the, uh, um, the game film. But uh, as far as, you know, what what they do is if if you do something wrong, they put the player up there, you know, eighty six, and they say, eh, you know, 
probably with Zach, it's usually blocking, to be honest. But mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, but yeah, that always struck me as uh, Nick has explained it, and he's a big connection guy. Most football players, Jalen Hurts, we talk about it all the time, likes to be coached hard. There was a certain other quarterback that once played here that does not like to be coached hard. Mm-hmm. So it's all with the individual and how you take it. But I do think there is a avenue for players to take that the wrong way. Um, and that's where you, you know, Nick, Nick prides himself on being able to connect with people and um, players. And it's interesting. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, someone asked him, has there ever been a player you couldn't connect with? And he wouldn't give out names, obviously, but he said, of course, Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's life, you know, Um, to go 53 for 53 is pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when you single out players, um, they could take it the wrong way. Um, Eagles have a lot of veterans. Eagles are, and, and Nick also, points out that usually when you're a first year head coach in this league, um, you got a pretty crappy offensive line and pretty crappy defensive line uh, because, you know, you're usually a bad football team and that's where it starts. And he came into a unique situation where they had a really good offensive line that had a really injury plague season and things have settled down from that. And they had a really good defensive line. And he says all the time how lucky he was as a head coach. And then they built up around those, those two groups. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that is something that he's talked about and he puts up numbers and it is interesting. I will say that. You mentioned that the Eagles have some pretty uh, experienced veterans on this team. And for the most part, that's a really good thing. If they're playing at a high level and the Eagles have those type of players, but it is also a carryover thing. And the Eagles have a couple of guys who've gone out into Arizona and not had success there. The Eagles have struggled when they've gone coast to coast, specifically against the Cardinals. And uh, sometimes it's been a mismatch. The Cardinals would have better roster than the Eagles. Sometimes the Eagles have had a better roster than the Cardinals. Like this year, I would suggest that's the case but it still hasn't ended up in an Eagle victory. Is that something that we fear we potentially run the risk of overstating that, oh, the Eagles can't win in Arizona? Well, how many guys here can you actually say that about yeah. as the Eagles? And, well, I, oh, yeah. by the way, Sirianni has never lost in Arizona as the Eagles coach because they didn't play out there last year. Is, is the historical look a little bit overemphasized? I think it's always overemphasized in the NFL to tell you the truth, especially out of division games. Maybe in the division, it's meaningful because you play teams every year, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and out of the division, out of the conference, even more so you you don't see teams for years in, in, in certain instances. Um, So it's not a large sample size and the sample size itself is, as you mentioned, Jody, you're not even talking about the same players. So why could it have any relevance other than people place relevance on it? Now, the stuff that is meaningful is, you know, it's a difficult trip. Um, it's cross country. It's a long flight. Um, 
you got banged up players. You know, that's not the most comfortable, even though they get to fly a little bit nicer than the rest of us. It's still not the most comfortable thing in the world. And you're in and out. It's not like a, a baseball road trip where you, you're in a city for a couple of days and you get to you're in and out. It's, you know, NFL road games from that standpoint, it's always more about the situation. And then Dallas, 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 Dallas. To me, this is a natural trap game. It's a natural trap game. You're better. You're going across the country. You're thinking about Dallas, let's be honest. The Eagles do a very good job of staying in the moment. Nick constantly preaches it. Jalen constantly preaches it. Um, I think there's a lot of players that can do it, but I think there's a lot of players that can't do it. And they start looking ahead. And, you know, the best example of this yesterday, I don't know if you saw Jalen Hurts' press conference, but he didn't get one question about the Arizona Cardinals to the point where he, at the end, said, on his own, I want to talk about the Cardinals, and they're a good football team, and he gave the Lou Holtz platitudes, talking them up. Um, he, He went out of his way. And I think he kind of felt, you know, people are talking about the Manning cast and, you know, what he said about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and this and that. Everything but the Arizona Cardinals to the point where he said, we were all leaving. We're all getting up from his chairs. And he he stayed in his chair and he said, oh, and I want to bring this up. And he talked about the Arizona Cardinals. Um, So to me, that was a clear indication that he knows that this is a potential trap game and he wants to keep the focus on, on the Arizona Cardinals. Let me uh, see if I can get you to uh, clarify or classify where the Dallas Cowboys fall on the John McMullen stinkometer, because <laughs> you said the Cardinals stink. They do. Stink. And the giants are three and one, but they stink. Do the Cowboys they stink? stink. The, the Cowboys do not stink. The Giants stink. Um, the Cowboys are a good team. Um, I don't know how many great teams there are. Um, maybe two or three. And the Eagles are probably one of them in the snapshot. And that's just what it is, a snapshot. But the Cowboys, they got some players. They got some players. We talked about one of them, Micah Parsons. There's a guy who can wreck a game. Um, you know, a playmaker like Trayvon Diggs. They're very top-heavy, but their they're talented players are really, really talented. And, you know, everybody thought, oh, it's over. They don't have Dak Prescott. They can't win a game. All they do is win games, you know, because uh, Cooper Rush is taking care of the football game managing. They're not winning games because of Cooper Rush, but he's not losing games. And, when you can put Cooper Rush in and win games, that tells you you got a pretty good team. Um, and I think the Cowboys have a good team. I agree with you. And that's why I think the point you've made a couple times now is uh, carries some water. If they had lost last week to the Commanders, may I suggest that John McMullen would say, the Cowboys stink too. If they were two and two and had lost to Washington the same way the Eagles had just beaten Washington, it, it's as much as one game could do. I think one game would swing the balance. 
because they're three and one, because Cooper Rush is three and oh, and the Eagles will not be worried about the Cowboys till after this game is over, except in the back of their mind. Yeah, I think you're right, John. I think certainly the Cowboys on so many different levels is so much more an important game than this Cardinal game that maybe the focus isn't exactly 100%. And I'm not going to say this is a (laughs) look-ahead game, but could it be a bit of a trap game? I hope uh, our uh, listeners and our viewers understand what you and I mean when we use the word trap game. Yeah, I, I do think that's the case with Dallas in the offing next week. And it does scare me a little bit. So that comes back to the coach and the way that he prepares and the way that he gets his team ready for the game and the way that he keeps them focused. I don't know. Did we have a situation last year with the Eagles where we go, ooh, that's a trap game? Nah, is this well, the first nah, time nah. we've done this with Sirianni? Uh, probably. I, I would have. I, I don't recall. I mean. They weren't good enough to. Right. That's my, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think it was, you know, you always look at out of conference games and uh, out of division games first as potential trap games. You always look at the games before you're playing Dallas or, or somebody of that nature, but they just weren't good enough to have trap games last year. Uh, this year, they're good enough. And 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 Nick Sirianni, I can tell you, believes in them. Um, but and he thinks they're real, and I'm talking about trap games. So he's well. And like I said, that and that's why I bring that up. That struck me as it was very out of character, and I, it was it was very calculated what Jalen Hurts did yesterday. And I I think it's another indication of how on point he is as the leader of this team to go out of his way, say, we got to talk about the Arizona Cardinals because everybody's talking about the stinking Manning cast. Um, I I thought it was very important and it was a a clear signal he was trying to send to his uh, teammates. Hi, John. I was going through some of the stats this morning, team versus team Eagles, versus uh, Cardinals, and there was only one that kind of jumped out at me. I said, really? I would have bet against that. The Eagles have actually given up more sacks this year than the Cardinals. Uh, eight and four games for the Eagles, which is not great, but not terrible. I just like, oh, my God, uh, Jalen Hurts holding on to the ball too long or a bad play by the Eagles' offensive line, which we don't expect because of the level of the talent that they have there. But they've given up eight, and the Cardinals have only been sacked six times um, more so the Cardinals opposition. Are we not giving the Cardinals offensive line enough credit? Uh, only six sacks in four games is actually a pretty good number for Arizona. Uh, how do you think Gannon attacks that coming in? Um, I think it's, I think Kyler's more of the issue when you're talking about the pass rush, as Damo said, you're, you have to be very disciplined with Kyler Murray and quarterbacks like him. Um, always uh, because they can hurt him when they get outside of the pocket. So it's more about uh, discipline discipline this week than just pinning your ears back. Like you could pin your ear back and go after Kirk Cousins. And as you mentioned, Carson, you just go and you don't have to worry about it this week. You have to worry about it. So 
alignment assignment, which is not sexy and not what Eagles fans want to hear. Um, I don't think it's going to be must rush like like Damo mentioned, but yeah, they have to be very very disciplined uh, when it comes to Kyler Murray. So this, in, if it's a big sack week, this I'm not going to say it's not going to be a big sack week because he's also going to hold on to the football. So that gives you an opportunity to get some sacks, but it, it's not going to be a week where you're pinning your ears back. As I said, you can't do that against Kyler Murray. If you do, he's going to gash you. And it's something we'll certainly run by uh, Howard Balzer, who's supposed to join us coming up in the next five, six, seven minutes. Um, JJ Watt, who needed to have his heart jumped in the middle of the week to get ready and play this week. Man, that's a scary thing when you read something like that. But not only was he okay, he was uh, on the defensive line contributing to the Cardinal win last week. He's still one of the better defensive linemen in the National Football League. He might, might not be the best. And in the conversation for defensive player of the year, that would be his brother when his brother's healthy. He's not right now. Um, but Watt can still make plays for the Cardinals. Uh, again, don't do breakdown on film of the Cardinals. You think they'll move Watt along? Do you think they'll move him around on that defensive line? That's been one of his key strengths for his Hall of Fame type career is he can come at you from any direction. How do you think they'll deploy him, John? Uh, yeah, we'll have to ask Howard, but I, I would assume because they don't have, uh, you know, they don't they no longer have a Chandler Jones um, and they, they need to create some kind of pass rush. They do have Marcus Golden, who I guess is, you know, would be considered their best edge rusher. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to take advantage. J.J.'s been able to do that for many years, as you mentioned. Um, and he's, you know, he's not the player. He was one of the best defensive players ever in Houston, to be honest. So I don't think he's still at that level. But um, they haven't played well defensively. More, I, I think their issues have been more defensive than offensive, even without DeAndre Hopkins. But, they need to to figure things out on the defensive side of the football. Eagles and Cardinals Sunday in Arizona. We'll talk about it next from a Cardinal perspective. Howard Balzer, all-time great NFL writer, doing his writing this week, uh, these days for PHNX.com, host on SiriusXM's Hall of Fame radio show. Hall of Fame selector Howard Balzer joins us next here on Birds 365.
greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Faces you know, the team you trust, the Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Our next guest is a first time appearing on Birds 365. Not first time appearing with me because I've had this guy on my show for the past, oh, 25 years or so. First time he had a full head of black hair. Now he's kind of gray, like Jack. <laughs> he's got I, the head of hair. That's still got the off, hair. Yeah. Damn, he's looking good. Yeah. Howard Balls, a Sirius XM's Hall of Fame show, uh, covering the Cardinals these days for phnx.com. How you been, Howard? I've been well. I've been well. I'm glad you mentioned that about the hair because I was saying maybe I should have sh- maybe I should have cut it all off just for this appearance. Yeah, <laughs> now, you don't want to do that, Howard. Hang on, hang on. You're Keep you're good at this point. But yeah. No, going good. But just wanted to quickly uh, quickly mention before we get into it, it's actually gophnx.com. So uh, hopefully, a lot of people will check it out there and uh, read read my stuff on a very interesting local site here in Phoenix. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals, obviously. Let's start there. Uh, I think it all begins with Kyler Murray. But for whatever reason, Howard, re- that, that down the stretch of last season, early this season, uh, they've struggled at, at home. They've struggled yeah. in Arizona. Why Why is that? Is it just a matter of, of competition? Uh, because it's a little bit strange uh, to, to, you know, lose – Two home games this year. You win two on the road, and you go back to last year. They started nine and one, then kind of fell apart at home. It's it's really un, almost unexplainable, and I think that the, the Cardinals players, coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not I'm not going to say they're tired of being asked about it, but they probably are because it's one of those things that you say, well, 
you can't wave a magic wand, but it has happened. And so they've lost seven consecutive home games dating back to last year. And Kingsbury said something interesting yesterday when he was asked about it. He's changed the tune a little bit. And he says, well, you know, last year was last year. And this year we've lost to two pretty good teams at home, obviously, in the Chiefs and the Rams, but now playing a, you know, a very good team yeah. this year also. So it's, it, it's, it's kind of crazy that that's the way it's been and that they're so good on the road. And who, who knows? You know, sometimes you wonder, hey, is a team more focused a little bit on the road because they know it's, quote, you know, everything's against us. When you get home, you want to do so well for those home fans that maybe you try a little too hard. I mean, who knows? We can throw out all these psychological reasons for it. But the fact remains, the numbers are the numbers. And so they realize it. They probably don't want to think about it because, you know, you just have to go out there and play good football no matter who you're playing, home or away. And, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens on Sunday. But they also know that this is going to be a very difficult matchup. This is week number five. And you're right. Eagles come in 4-0, and Howard. During this offseason, there was a lot of drama attached to the Cardinals, 99% of it about their quarterback. And will he or won't he get the extension? They finally agree on the extension. Oh, the studying clause becomes a major issue. Well, I forgot the about the studying clause. The yeah, studying clause. Yeah. But they apparently got that all worked out as well. Have they? Or is there still some not everybody on the same page aspect to the Arizona Cardinals right now? I, you know, I think they're getting there in terms of being on the same page. I don't. I think that there's not much talk anymore about all that drama and and the homework clause and all that. And you know, when you look at these first four games, I mean, there's been drama since they were in training camp with different things uh, that have happened to them, whether it's injuries or or other or other situations. And and then you look at the offense. I heard John. I th- heard you talking at the end of the last segment about the Cardinals' offense and defense. The defense has played pretty well since the second half against the Raiders in week two, the miraculous game that they came from behind and the offense has its moments, but they just get off to these horrible starts and they don't convert third downs. They fall behind. Uh, They were fortunate last week against Carolina that they weren't playing a very good offense and they did fall behind, but never by more than one score. And they were able to come back and pretty much dominate that game uh, after the start. But they get asked about that every week, fast starts, fast starts. We have to start faster. And a lot of it just comes down to converting on third down, which they've been awful at, at the beginning of games. And so this has been a team, especially offensively that they don't come out and say it for the most part. They knew how the beginning of the schedule was going to be tough. They knew they were going to be the first six weeks without Deandre Hopkins. Then they didn't have Rondale Moore for the first three weeks another good complimentary receiver, Antoine Wesley. They didn't have it all for the first four. They think he'll be activated for this week from reserve injured. And so they've been, in a sense, treading water, hoping to just get through this first stretch of the season, just, you know, bang it around 500. And then when Hopkins comes back, they can really turn on the Jets. Now, will that happen? We'll have to wait and see, but that's certainly uh, their hope. But you know, another, this is another tough one uh, for them. And, you know, they have Seattle the next week on the road uh, before they play a game with, with Hopkins returning. And how will he be after not playing uh, for, you know, for six weeks? So those are all the questions that no one can really answer at this point. 
Yeah, you mentioned DeAndre Howard. We see up close here in Philadelphia what a true number one receiver, the Eagles getting A.J. Brown, it does for the rest of the team. Um, You know, Hollywood Brown's a talented guy, but probably not a wide receiver one. But when Hopkins gets back, all of a sudden he becomes more difficult to deal with it. You mentioned Rondell Moore. And you mentioned that third down problem. I see their 29th and third down percentage. Um, how much does that have to do with just not having one of the best receivers in football? I think it's a big thing. And let's remember, they didn't have him down the stretch at the end of last season either. And, you know, head coaches like to fall on the sword a lot of times. And and Kingsbury said, well, I didn't react that well and didn't deal as well as I could have after Hopkins left. But the reality is, what are you supposed to do? I mean, this yeah. is not high school. I mean, it's the NFL. Teams know where they're, where your weaknesses are. And you can all, to me, you can only devise a game plan offensively that obviously is with the players that you have going against your opponent. So when you're talking about one of the top receivers in the NFL, not having him has a definite negative effect on the, on the offense. And it was interesting yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about the impact on play calling and how, he, how does that have an impact when a guy like Hopkins isn't there? And the first thing he said was, well, my first college coach once said that it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Yeah. And I think sometimes we generally, when I say we media fans, whatever, don't look at that. You just say when an offense sputters, you say, oh, it's the quarterback. Oh, it's the yeah. play caller. It's all those things. But like you said, when you add an A.J. Brown, it makes Devontae Smith better. It makes everybody else better. It makes the running game better and all those things. And defenses have to account for so many more you know, weapons that a team has. And that's the essence of the NFL. It's personnel. Hey, your guy there, my guy from St. Louis, Dick Vermeil, always said it. In the 1999 season, when the Rams took the league by storm, and he said, you know, it's amazing how much co- better coach I become <laughs> when I have better players. Yeah. Nick Sirianni says it all the time. He said, yeah. show me a good coach. I'll show you good players. Bingo. Said, yeah. yeah. All right. I want to follow one more time. One more question on the wide receiver position, Howard. Last year, Cardinals, three top wide receivers, Hopkins, Moore, Christian Kirk. Hopkins hasn't been able to play. Going to have to wait another week. Christian Kirk got paid a boatload of money to go to Jacksonville. We just saw him here in Philadelphia last week. And Rondell Moore, finally back off injured reserve, played last week. Uh, three tar- three catches, five targets for all of 11 yards. No, he's not a take-the-top-off-the-defense guy, but that's not much as far as receiving yardage goes. Where is Moore at? Is, was it just getting his feet wait, wet last week? Are they going to lean on him heavily this Sunday? Is he a key to this Cardinal offense against Eagles? I think he could be. And I'm glad you brought up Christian Kirk also, because I think it was last week I I wrote a story and I was talking about the first few games of the season and what the Cardinals had done last year in the first three and what they did in the first three this year. And all of a sudden it jumped off the page at me when I looked at the numbers and not only saw what Hopkins's numbers were, but what Kirk's was. Uh, And he was making a lot of big plays especially in that first half of the season. They envisioned Rondell Moore in taking over that role, and they had a lot of things planned for him. And he got hurt on the Thursday before the season opener, and it was, it, it was really a tough adjustment at that point. And then, then he missed some games, 
you know, they tried getting him into, he can be a top off the, off the defense guy. And that's one of the ways that they were looking at utilizing him. So we'll see if that develops over a few weeks, but you know, once again, he had just returned to practice last week and then you're trying to get him into the game plan and see what you're able to do. The other part too, is that teams against the Cardinals are, are playing a lot of zone. They're saying, Hey, you know, just throw it underneath, you know, and do all those things. Yes, you have to take some shots, but we, we see that around the league, I think, in a, in a lot of cases. And so getting that guy downfield can be a little difficult. But again, the more weapons you have, then it opens up things for some of those other players. So we're all interested. Like you said, he, he wasn't that much a part of the offense. Will he be more this week? I would suspect he would be and that his role will then continue to grow as the season progresses, and even more when Hopkins comes back after the next two games. Uh, let's shift uh, sides of the football, Howard, talk about that defense. Now, uh, you, you mentioned maybe uh, they're playing a little bit better than people outside. I know PFF doesn't <laughs> give them good grades defensively. What are they doing well? Uh, what are they struggling with? And and. How is J.J. Watt? I mean, that's a scary situation yeah. for all of us outside looking in, the fact that he's able to, to, to get back so quickly and play at a high level. Yeah, with, with J.J., and it was a very, I don't know if you guys saw it, a very emotional press conference yeah. when he met with the media after the game in Carolina, and his lips were quivering at one point on the verge of tears. Uh, but he was given all the advice from not only the doctors who shocked his heart back in rhythm, but he called specialists because uh, they had said, hey, if you're comfortable playing, there's no reason why you can't. This could happen again tomorrow. It could happen whenever again in 20 years. So he called other specialists who basically said the same thing. And then when he said being comfortable, he says, I figured I'd be a lot more uncomfortable watching this game on the couch, knowing the doctors said that I could get out there and play. And he had a heck of a game uh, against Carolina, albeit not a great, uh, not a great offense. But I heard you mentioning about the pass rush earlier, and that that still is a big question uh, with this team. Marcus Golden uh, doesn't have a sack yet. I'm sure he's affected by not having Chandler Jones on the other side. They have a whole bunch of young guys that they're hoping will emerge uh, to get some pressure. But in answer to the question about what are they doing well, they're they're getting teams off the field, at least starting with that Las Vegas game. Uh, They're getting teams off the field on third down. And they've done a pretty good job of shutting down the other team's best player. They shut down Devontae Adams in week two. They pretty much handled Cooper Cup in week three. And last week, Christian McCaffrey uh, was a non-factor. Now, the key question here against the Eagles are there's a lot of weapons. And who do you – and he, Vance Joseph is going to be asked that later today when he meets with the media. With the media. Is there one guy that you account for? on this defense that that can be pretty dangerous because of the multiple weapons that the Eagles have. So I think that's going to be the big question is how that defense plays against a team that not only has these weapons, but obviously has Jalen hurts and his ability to run also that you have to be mindful of. Howard yesterday here in Philadelphia was a walk through Wednesday. So the injury report was a guesstimate. Uh, because they didn't actually practice. So we've got the list that we have, and you speculate on uh, what it's actually going to look like come Sunday. 
I saw the injury list for the Cardinals. It was pretty lengthy yeah. yesterday with non-participants and limited participants. Give us your best grasp of who will be in, who will be out, who's a maybe, who's a no shot whatsoever, Joe. Um, how injured do the Cardinals come into this matchup on Sunday? The, the big concern right now is really on the offensive line. Uh, because there were five offensive linemen on the list, four that did not practice. One was a rest day uh, for the right tackle, Kelvin Beecham, and one limited was the left tackle, D.J. Humphreys. Uh, but Justin Pugh uh, is banged up. Uh, Max Garcia, who replaced Pugh when he left last week's game early because of an el elbow injury, he's on the list with a toe injury. And Rodney Hudson, uh, their very good center, has really been dealing with a knee injury since training camp. He's been playing but he hasn't been playing at the same high level as he has in the past. And Kingsbury said yesterday, we're not going to know until the weekend on some of these offensive linemen, who's going to be able to play and who isn't. So that becomes a big question. And when you're going up against a defense like the Eagles have with, with a lot of different guys that can you know fly to the ball and make plays for Kyler Murray to do what he can do for the running game to do what it can do. Obviously you need that offensive line. And I think that's, Sometimes I'm not maybe not overlooked, but generally around the league, it's you know, everyone always blames the play caller or blames this one or that one when an offense doesn't work. But a lot of times it's traced to offensive line play. And, and that's where uh, the Cardinals have some concerns uh, going into this this weekend, especially when you have guys that aren't even practicing. Now, yeah. Beach will be back, but we don't know about Pew. We don't know about Garcia and, and, and Humphrey. So guys, even if there's just limited, they're not taking all the snaps. And so that can obviously affect your preparation for a, for a game against a very good team. Howard, in an interesting twist, the Eagles might not have Jake Elliott to kick. Um, the Cards might not have Matt Prater to kick. Is that the case? Is Matt Prater going to kick uh, on, on Sunday? It, it's not a might. Kingsbury said yesterday he will not. Oh, oof. And so they signed – a guy named Matt Amendola, yeah. no, re no relation to Danny. In fact, he spells his name with two M's, but he kicked for Kansas City for two games earlier this season. And when he was elevated because the Chiefs kicker uh, was injured and in the loss to the Colts, he missed a 34-yard field goal in the fourth quarter and missed an extra point in a mm. loss by Kansas City. So he's going to kick. And I noticed that about uh, Elliott not practicing, and I – quickly check do the eagles have a guy in the practice squad cameron dicker cameron the kicker dicker there Probably. we go so yeah. there, there there's your who knows maybe both teams will be having you know kickers that haven't haven't done it very much in games yeah. at an nfl level so that you know that 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 could be because prater's one of the best yeah. there is. and when you have this situation you know it's one thing looking good in practice and kingsbury said that yesterday oh he looks sharp today well great but practice obviously is a little bit different than doing it in the uh, crucible of pressure in, a, in an actual NFL game. So you never know what kind of an impact that could have. Game decided by Amendola versus Dicker. Nobody <laughs> thought that was going to be the case seven <laughs> days ago. That's for damn sure. I, I, I seem almost obsessed by the wide receiver position, but I got to ask about this. Um, Andy Isabella was a guy who I liked a couple of years ago, lay around draft pick, actually made some plays and put up some numbers and some stats for the Cardinals. Released this week. You're there every day. I, I always, I thought, oh, the kid's going to get a chance because Moore's starting a year hurt and 
Kirk is out of there and Hopkins is on IR. Well, Isabella, released, flat out released. What the hell happened to him? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there's always been some controversy about his selection uh, because two picks later, uh, the Seahawks, that was in the second round, actually, near the end of the second round in 2019. And two picks later, Seattle took DK Metcalf. Yeah. Same then, thing here, Howard. Yeah. It's JJ Ortega Whiteside. JJ, not in the league either. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with, with Isabella, he, he had an okay beginning of his career, but, you know, he did come to the team when, when they had Christian Kirk and they had Larry Fitzgerald. And even the Fitzgerald was at the end of his career, but he was playing more in the slot, which is where Isabella would most likely be. Then they add DeAndre Hopkins and, Kingsbury insists he's going to he's still going to be a productive player in the league and I think he might have been he probably would have been released in the cut to 53 if if they if Wesley had stayed healthy and Hopkins was there maybe maybe even if just Wesley uh, was healthy so he he just was always a disappointment and so the the Cardinals I I thought it might happen when Wesley was activated from injured reserve which he hasn't been yet uh, but then when they signed another offensive lineman just to have a guy as insurance, uh, Billy Price, who they signed on Tuesday, it's 10 offensive linemen they have on the 53-man roster. When they signed yeah. him, they released Isabella. But I had felt this was a move that was probably coming. He saved his job a little bit with a good performance in the preseason. Uh, but most of that was with the backups against backups. He does have some speed, but I don't know. Uh, as Kingsbury said, a lot of times with receivers – when you come into the league, it's the right fit and the right situation and being able to get those opportunities. But for a lot of receivers, it's a tough adjustment. And that, that was the case with Isabella, who only had he only had 33 receptions in his three seasons plus uh, four games. Taking me too long to get to derelict in my duty to get to Zach Ertz, Howard. Uh, <laughs> still a, a very popular uh, uh, person here in Philadelphia. Uh, still works very hard in the community here. He has not left Philadelphia behind. He's got 22 catches already. Um, how is Zach Ertz fitting in uh, with the Cardinals? He, he's fitting in tremendously, and he did last year. It's almost the year anniversary of the trade, that which occurred on October yeah. 15th, and he was a, a big plus last year because with some of the injuries they had, especially Hopkins, he pretty much at, at one point became Tyler Murray's go-to guy. They expected a lot of big things from him this season. Big things haven't happened yet too much, but you know he was bothered by a calf injury for most uh, of training camp, was limited in week one, and has been coming on and playing a lot better football. I'm sure this is going to be an emotional emotional game for him. Uh, he will, he will, he'll meet with the media later uh, today, and I'm sure he'll get all those questions. Murray was asked about him yesterday, Kingsbury as well. I'm sure on one level he's maybe on one level – He's glad this game isn't in Philadelphia because of maybe even being more emotional than it's going to be anyway. But in terms of his role in the offense, it's been tremendous. He's been a great leader uh, in the locker room, uh, setting setting a standard for younger players. The, uh, the Cardinals have a young tight end, Trey McBride, who was a second-round pick uh, this year. H- hadn't played much, hardly at all, in the first three games, but his, his snaps went way up last week and had a few catches and had some – you know, pretty uh, significant catches in the game. So he he talks all the time about how he's been helped by Zach Ertz. So he's been a tremendous plus uh, for this football team after they got him last year. 
right, Howard, if this game is decided by height, the Eagles are going to win. Because the Cardinals have a couple of guys that are undersized. They're players, but they're undersized. Uh, More we mentioned. Dorch, the kid who stepped in and played well, is also not even 5'8". And Eno Benjamin, who is their off-pace back. Connor is their main guy, much like Miles Sanders here in Philadelphia. But they use multiple backs, and Benjamin is that guy for the Cardinals. I've seen him make a couple plays this year, and I'm not even talking about his kicking prowess filling in last week for the injured Cardinal kicker. How has Benjamin played? What should the Eagle fans be on the lookout for when he's in the lineup for the Cardinals? He, he's done a nice job along with Daryl Williams behind James Conner. I think the coaches are trying to figure out that job share because they don't want to have James Conner getting too many snaps. You know, Last year, the first eight games of the season when they had Chase Edmonds also, Edmonds played more snaps than Connor, and the Cardinals were 7-1 and one after those first eight. Then down the stretch, the last nine games of the regular season, they only had one game where they were active together at the same time because of injuries. And so I think they're trying to figure out what the job share will be. But Benjamin's done a nice, Benjamin's done a nice job running, and he's a tough little kid, as we saw in that kickoff when he went down on the first one and made the tackle. And so uh, he's... Uh, He's come a long way since his rookie year as a seventh-round pick when he wasn't active at all for any game. So uh, he, he's been a plus. And I'm glad you brought up Dortch because I think he contributed also to the release of Isabella. Short guy, but whenever he's on the field, he makes plays and has been been a big uh, big plus for them. And, you know, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, he's only five foot nine. Yeah. So yeah. without A.J. Green, who didn't play last week because of a, of a knee injury, they've, they have a very small – receiver core they're hoping to get green back this week he did practice yesterday on a limited basis so we'll see about that but it, it is a small group there's no doubt about it do, do they make zach Ertz kneel for the receiver picture <laughs> because if not he'd be head and shoulders above everybody else in that cardinal receiver group he, he definitely would and that's why you know he's he's been a big part of it they want to get mcbride more involved because those are a little bit bigger targets for the certainly undersized <laughs> Kyler Murray. So that's a question. And, and Hopkins, when he comes back, he's not hugely tall, but at least he's over six foot. He's six foot one. And so, you know, that helps Murray too. But he's not there for this week. So they can't, can't really start talking about that for a couple more weeks. Oh, a couple guys who aren't small, right in the middle of that defense. Those are the two guys I'm interested in, Howard. Uh, Zayvon Collins. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, um, first round picks, uh, Simmons, tremendous athlete. Um, what's sort of the status? How are those guys playing? Simmons has been a little mystery this year because last year he played a large majority of the snaps and they do a lot of different things with him. They thought in year three, we can do even more things with him. A lot of times in the early part of practice that we can watch, he's working with the safeties. And so they call him the star uh, linebacker, whatever, whatever you want to call that role. And he didn't have a good game in week one against Kansas City. And coaches felt a lot of it was work habits. Uh, at least that's what Kingsbury said. Vance, Vance Joseph tried to soft pedal it and say, well, it's all about packages. You know, there's certain packages he's going to play in. But he only played 22% of the snaps in week two and then 33% in week three. Last week, he got back to close to where he had been playing over 80% of the snaps. And he's a playmaker. He, he makes plays with that athletic ability. Collins 
has been the real revelation uh, this year uh, because last season it took him a while to get accustomed to the NFL game, but he plays virtually all the snaps on defense. Not a big play guy, but he's very good against the run and, and is also pretty athletic. So, you know, he's a big guy, like you said, in the middle of that defense. And he, he could be one of the keys uh, for this week against the Eagles, especially in trying to hold down that running game where I see Miles Sanders has done, you know, yeah. excellent job so far in the first four games, averaging almost five yards a carry. So Collins could be a real key there because for, for, for the Cardinals to slow down that offense, you still have to, you still have to stop the run. And, and that's, I'm an old school guy. Yes, it's a passing league, but the teams on offense that are consistent are ones that also can run the ball and give defense. No defenses have to account for that. So, like I said, I think Collins could be, can be a real key in how he plays in how this Cardinal defense does against the Eagles offense. If you're DC Vance, Joseph fashions himself a package guy and different packages, different looks, different formations. How do you expect him to use Buda Baker this week? Because the, for me, the most talented football player, and I'm, J.J. Watts had the certainly best career, but just right now, talent on the football team, I'd call him the Cardinals' best player. They u- need to use him right. They need to take his skills, and I would say emphasize them more than any other. How has he used Buda Baker? How do you think he'll use Buda Baker against Eagles this Sunday? I, I think I think Buda, he's pretty consistent in the way he's used at that position <laughs> and very disciplined player you know, does, does what he's supposed to do. You know, the, the, the Bill Belichick mantra, you know, just do your job. And that's pretty much what he does on a weekly basis. I think the guy, the guy for you to watch in that secondary is Jalen Thompson, who's one of the most sure tacklers in the league. And a lot of people don't know that much about him signed a contract extension already heading into his, the the final year this year of his, of his four-year contract as a rookie when he was a supplemental draft pick. And, Jalen Thompson can play and he had an interception last week being in the right place at the right time. And so he's a guy that sometimes, you know, moves around a little bit, especially as the Cardinals have had some depth issues at cornerback, which they, they, they definitely have had since the beginning of the season, but they might be getting Antonio Hamilton back uh, this week. He's returned to practice after that crazy kitchen accident where he, where he suffered burns on his feet right before the season opener and then Trayvon Mullen Jr., who they got in a trade from the Raiders in the cut to 53, finally played some defensive snaps last week. So, But prior to that, Thompson was used in a variety of ways. And, and this is a guy that many people believe is, has Pro Bowl caliber ability, but probably will never make it as long as he's playing next to Buda Baker because certainly there's not going to be two safeties from the same team right. being the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. At H Bowls or 721, you can follow Howard there on Twitter. Read him at gophnx.com. Uh, does a tremendous job uh, covering the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you mentioned Howard Vance Joseph is talking today. I mentioned, I imagine he's going to get a lot of, of questions about Jalen Hurts. How do you deal with Jalen Hurts? Um, how do you deal yeah. with Jalen Hurts from your perspective? Well, I think it's like like any team when they play a guy like that. Just how's a team deal with Kyler Murray? How's a team deal with Lamar Jackson? How do you deal with a guy with with a player like that that can save a play 
at, at times when you think you have it and all of a sudden you don't. Maybe you think you have him sacked and then he escapes and then all of a sudden he runs and, and picks up valuable yards. So it's a tough thing. Do you spy or do you just play your defense and hope that you can just you know contain it? It's, it, it's a tough thing for, for any team that plays a, plays a guy like that because you, you can just save plays. You can save plays that look like they're going to be negative plays and turn it into a big play. And so that's always tough for defense and especially tough when that guy also has the weapons that the Eagles have. So it's a tremendous challenge as it's been a tremendous challenge for all the teams that the Eagles have played. And so uh, that's why I think a lot of, a lot of people like this team and what they've done. And, and you, and you have to, you have to try to force them. I, I see the Eagles are number one in the league in a turnover ratio. Yeah. Plus eight. They've only turned it over twice in the first four games and taken it away, uh, you know, 10 times. So that, that's the thing you try to – obviously you hope for is being able to take the ball away, but obviously that, that's been pretty hard against this Eagles team. So, you know, we'll see what they do on Sunday. By the way, I have to throw this in before I leave. I know you guys will appreciate that. I forgot to mention it when I was talking about Amendola. He's from the Philly area. He, he grew up in Lansdale and went to North Penn High School. North so, Penn, yeah. That, yeah, that was near my stomping grounds in uh, Springfield, Montgomery County. And I believe, if my memory is correct, that at one point North Penn might have been in the same uh, conference as uh, as Springfield Monco uh, when it was the Bucks Mont League. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny Mike, Mike, that, that, what, the Mike, the the Pettens North Penn, one of them. I oh yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, John mentioned this earlier. He's former Jet, which is the team that I've only been rooting for for fifty years. Uh, <laughs> but he's touched base on a couple other spots, including Kansas City, as you noted earlier. Not necessarily great. Big guy. Uh, oh, yeah. We talk about the little wide receivers. You uh, put Amendola in the wide receiver room. He could yeah. be the biggest guy. He's going to be the he's going to be the kicker that wins in the weight room. I guarantee you that, Matt. Amendola. Well, you know, I, I looked at his numbers last year when he kicked eleven games for the Jets. Yeah, two for five e from forty to forty nine. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for opening that wound and rubbing salt in it, Howard. All right, we got like a minute left here. Quick question, tapping into your Hall of Fame expertise. Give me a percentage chance from zero to 100. At some point, Jason Kelsey will be putting on that gold jacket. Oh, I would say that's that, that's probably a – I think that's a pretty high number. I mean, the career he's had, the consistency he's had, and there, I'm, I'd have to look it up. on. There's probably not a whole lot of centers no, in the Pro yeah. Football Hall of Fame, but I, I would say there's – I don't know if it's a – I don't know if it's the first year coming out of the box as a first time eligible, but I I would say that he's he's a pretty good choice uh, to be in that Hall of Fame uh, someday. Who knows? Maybe maybe he'll wait. He's waiting for Travis to retire. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, the first uh, brother fandom. Yeah, I like time. it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Tag team brothers into the Hall of Fame. Well, we appreciate your tagging in with us today, Howard. Always a pleasure. Thank you much. You gave us great cardinal insight. We'll touch base down the road. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. Have a good one. That's Thanks, Howard Balzer from GoPhoenix. That's G-O-P-H-N-X.com. That's where he's covering the Cardinals these days and is still uh, the host on SiriusXM's NFL channel of their Hall of Fame show. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. You know what we got to do. Put a bow on this show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes 
Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. on Birds 365 Road to the game against the Cardinals this upcoming week. You South Philly bound, McMullen? Yeah, big practice day. Actual practice. Uh, no estimation today. Gotta, um, guys are going to be out there. All right. Uh, will you do me a favor? Uh, if I can. Kayvon Wallace, uh, you guys at locker room accessibility. Yes. Talked to Kayvon last week about Trevor Lawrence. Had okay. wonderful things to say about Trevor. Now I need you to ask him about Isaiah Simmons, who would win a 40-yard uh, dash between the two right now. Because uh, Isaiah's taken, what, 20 extra pounds, 25? Yeah. He's, I, uh, I, I will guarantee what Kayvon will say, uh, that he will win. But uh, I don't think he would win. 
They got Isaiah. a third Clemson tie who can break the tie on the, I think. Yeah, Mario good. Goodrich. Maybe I'll ask There Mario. you go. Ask Goodrich who would win the 40-yard dash between Kayvon and Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Simmons would win. Simmons is an athletic freak. I know that he is, but I want to see Kayvon do some bragging because we may actually need Kayvon this week because of the injury issues that the Eagles have. All right, Johnny Mac, have a good one uh, down at uh, South Philly today. Come back with plenty of information. I'm here tomorrow. You are? Uh, yeah, I will day to day. Always say it, Jody, but I plan on being here. Day to day, McMullen and McDonald will be back here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.